Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, and I'm on a winning streak on Draft.com over Mike Tagliere, but I did lose the most important contest. Tags and I made a bet on our favorite number four wide receivers this week, and I lost by like three yards. So Tags, of course, showed up like 30 seconds late because he was too busy gloating. So now my Twitter profile picture is of Mitch Trubisky, and it feels gross. How's that make you feel, Tags? It looks good on you, man. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it looks really good. I'm, I'm really upset about the whole draft thing. My my team was just so bad. Obviously, Alex Smith. And that's like something I did want to mention on the podcast is like, make sure you guys, if you don't, don't, if you don't already follow us both on Twitter, I'm at Mike Taglier NFL. Bobby's at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Now, Bobby is unavailable Sunday mornings, but I'm there and I'm obviously looking at everything. I do our live Q&A session uh, Sunday mornings for our premium subscribers. But I, I posted something on Twitter on Sunday morning saying that Alex Smith, that I was moving him away from my cash game lineups that I was downgrading him because, you know, the wind that was taking place in New York, it was like 25 mile an hour winds with 35 mile an hour gusts. That That's a big deal, right? So that's why we want to make sure you, we keep you guys informed. So obviously, Alex Smith, somebody that I love throughout the entire week, I ended up downgrading him uh, to a low end QB one. I, I still expected better than 230 yards and two interceptions, <laughs> uh, but it was uh, it was an ugly game for the Chiefs. But man, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm happy to be talking football, man. Like, obviously, yeah. We're we're entering week twelve. I mean, this is going to leave us before long, so it's getting kind of sad for me, actually. It is sad. You know what else is sad is that Alex Smith and Dak Prescott were like the most consistent quarterbacks ever, and then they just were terrible this week. Um, fortunately, they were both on your draft.com teams. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, by the way. Like, okay, this is the first time I've been ahead all season in our in our contest, our head to head contest. Like, I think it's four to three now with me, and uh, so I shouldn't brag too much, but. This should count as like three or four wins because I had the five best quarterbacks on the slate. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like your team went off like it was projected to score, <laughs> I think, like 70 points and you scored like 114. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Derek Carr let me down big time. His receivers kind of let him down. Uh, there were some drops in that game, but it was it was ugly, man. It was really ugly for my draft squad. I mean, I still have <laughs> Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, but I don't think they're scoring 90 or 85 points or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, I think you got this one in the bag. So we had quite a few fantasy relevant injuries this week, which would usually mean a great waiver wire week, but all the beneficiaries are already owned. Let's talk in the big three injuries anyway. Um, Kelvin Benjamin, his knee, we don't know yet how long he's going to be out. What are you hearing, Tags? Uh, they're saying that it's he, there's no, no structural damage there, which is obviously a good sign for him. But the bad sign for him is that Nathan Peterman was so bad. Oh, uh, that was supposed Poor to be a quarterback that, that was willing to target him uh, in tight coverage, and Tyrod Taylor's not going to. So, ty, like, Kelvin Benjamin is on the verge of droppable at this point. Like, that's how I feel about him. I think he's going to miss. He's, he's probably going to miss a week because this is a knee that he's had with. I know we're going to talk later in the show about some potential drop candidates, but I think he's among them, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I would encourage people to drop them. Unless you're in like a 14-team league, I just don't really see his relevance at this point. Yeah, for sure. He's just not a very good match. Everything that Sean McDermott does is like people wanted to give him credit at the beginning of the year, and I'm fine with that. Uh, but as the year's gone on, they've made some questionable decisions. It all culminated, you know, last week with Nathan Peterman throwing five interceptions in the first half, getting pulled, getting benched. And now, Bobby, I don't know if you've heard this, but McDermott approached the media today saying that he's legitimately considering starting Peterman again in week 12. Are you serious? No, he's not. I swear. I One of the beat writers said that he's getting the impression that he's actually going to go with Peterman. This can't be real life. I, I feel really bad for Peterman. It was a horrible situation for him to be thrown into with 
that killer Chargers pass rush. The Bills offensive line isn't even trying right now. I have no idea why they're in a playoff race, but they are, they're just not playing good football. And he was pressured out of his mind, was not prepared to get thrown in. They're like, he's a decent rookie quarterback, but he's not ready. There's a big difference between being ready to play for the NFL and being a decent prospect. And Peterman is just a decent prospect, and that's fine. But don't throw him out there in the middle of a playoff race against a great pass rush. Yeah, I'm not going to blame him, obviously, you know, for for getting thrown into that situation. I never believed that Nathan Peterman was like a, a blue chip prospect or anything like that. I didn't like Peterman when he was drafted. I still feel like the Bills are in quarterback hell, that they have to figure out what they're doing. And they mentioned before this week that they still they weren't, they weren't still had interest in Tyrod because they still think he has trade value. You just bench the guy for a rookie that legitimately gave you no reason. Uh, you know, the Bills' defense is the reason that they're in the position that they're in ever since their bye week. It's funny, one of our bosses actually, uh, we, we were talking through Slack this this weekend, and he said, I can't believe the Bills defense is looking this bad. And I said, I can, ever since the bye week in week six. <laughs> so ever since then, 27 points to the Bucks, and the Bucks have been playing awful football. The, the Raiders only scored 14, but the Raiders have looked like crap. Uh, McCown and the Jets, 34 points. Breeze, 40, and, and the Saints, 47 points. Then you have 54 points. I mean, the defense scored a couple touchdowns there, but at the same same time, this Bills defense is the reason that they're crumbling. It has nothing to do with Tyrod Taylor. I have no idea who's going to get the second wild card in the AFC. Like you're looking at it, it's the Bills, it's the Jets, maybe the Chargers make a comeback and get in with like eight and eight. They should just let three NFC wildcard teams in. <laughs> There's a chance that the Chargers make a move here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was really shocked. I don't know for what reason, Bobby, but I was really shocked when I know, when I saw that the Steelers were eight and two. I don't know how I kind of overlooked it, but they just don't have the feeling of an eight and two team. Like they have a team, they feel like a team that hasn't really hit their potential, that their offense has been struggling, their defense has been playing well. So, I mean, the Steelers, I guess, are the team that, I'm watching. I think they're the only team that can potentially compete with the Patriots, but they would need home field advantage in the playoffs. You don't think Tom Brady would have fits with the Jags secondary? I, I mean, it's hard to find any weakness in that Jags secondary, man. Uh, they're, Wouldn't that be an incredible game? I would love to see that. But I, but the problem is that Blake Bortles is not going to take you to the promised land. He's just not. That's not yeah. going to happen. I can't, you can't see Blake Bortles and Tom Brady going off in the Super Bowl against each other. Uh, the Saints coming back against the Redskins. That was a remarkable comeback. I just don't know if I even see that. The I, I don't know who I see from the NFC making a strong. I don't know if I feel strong. I think the Eagles are the team you have to pick right now. Like their defense. I like the Saints as much as I like the Eagles. I know that Eagles fans are not very happy with me saying that, but I've loved the Saints all along, man. They're great. Yeah, I do have to give you props for that. I said the Eagles, Patriots for the Super Bowl back, what was it, week four? I think that's where we talked about that. And you said that your pick yeah. was the Steelers, and, Steelers the Saints. and Saints. And I got to yeah. give you props for that, man. Your teams are looking really good. You know, uh, the Saints did have a couple injuries this week, and it's not especially uh, fantasy relevant, but they lost Okafor for the season. Yep. Depending on what happens with Lattimore's ankle status, uh, that could be a huge blow for them. That would be a, the biggest loss, and that, that, that's really odd how that worked out, because Josh Doxson, four catches for 81 yards in the first half of that game, Lattimore goes out, and he's quiet. I mean, I think the, yeah, Red, I think the Redskins really took their foot off the gas, and that's why they lost, ultimately. That's why they lost that game. Going back to something you said earlier, I've got a question for you, Tags. Which quarterback would you rather have? Okay, here's player A. Nine touchdowns, 17 interceptions, 60% completion rating, negative six total rushing yards. Or player B, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 58% completion rating, so a little bit worse there, and 312 rushing yards. Which one would you rather have? What are the yards per attempt? Do you have that in front of you? I, I don't have it in front of me, but they're both Cause, quite Because some of these things 
could really get skewed sometimes. And I know that you could stack up some quarterbacks against Drew Brees this year to make him look really bad um, just because his touchdown rate has been so far down. But yards yards per attempt is a stat that I love to look at when looking at quarterbacks uh, because I think it's telling over a span of time like how they've done. Like if their targets are down the field, if they're completing short passes, there's, there's just a lot. Obviously, in your scenario, player A sounds like the one that you would want. Um, it's just those situations are so tough and I hate backing myself into a corner with them. All right. So the yards per attempt are virtually even. It's 6.6 and 6.8. Okay. That's not a big difference. So I think player A in this situation would be the one that I would choose. Okay. So you just chose Blake Bortles over Peyton Manning. <laughs> that was Peyton. Wait. Those were Peyton Manning stats the last year he won the Super Bowl. Okay. Blake Bortles, yeah. can, Blake Bortles can win a Super Bowl with this defense, man. It's a, who, which defense would you rather have? Which running game would you rather have? That's so funny. I mean, I mean, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time to, uh, like disagreeing with you because Peyton Manning, he was someone as I watched that Super Bowl and I was like a lifelong Peyton fan. Like he's the smartest quarterback I've ever seen. He wasn't the most talented, but he was smart. But in the Super Bowl, I felt like he should have gotten benched. Like he was, he almost yeah. lost them that game. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> you're making a compelling argument for this Jaguars team to to make it deep in the playoffs with Blake Bortles. Man, it it, it feels dirty. They're to nobody's say. favorite. They can't be anybody's favorite. But I'm saying that I think they actually do have a chance. I think they have a chance too. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's crazy it is to say it, but that division is so weak. Uh, yeah, I mean, it it makes it makes sense, man. I I think that would be a playoff matchup to watch. Uh, to Tom Brady versus that Jags defense, but can the Jags offense produce enough points to? Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the question. So. Uh, the other two injuries here, Chris Thompson out for the season, broke his leg. That's a real bummer. Yep. Uh, P. Ryan is owned in most leagues. If he's not, go spend all your fab on him. Uh, and then Deontay Foreman also out for the season, torn Achilles. And he was looking like he was about to steal this job from Lamar Miller. The Texans were giving him a lot of work, and he did great last week. He did. He looked fantastic. And it was crazy because I was looking forward uh, to the uh, playoff time where he was playing against, I want to say it was the 49ers in one of the weeks. And I was like, this is a guy who you can keep on your bench and potentially get that starting job and then start against the 49ers later in the year. So that was something I was looking at. Uh, But unfortunately, the torn Achilles, that's 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 a painful like whenever I watch someone tear their Achilles, I just think like how painful must that that be that has to be one of the worst injuries man i think i'd rather just get kicked straight in the balls than tear my achilles <laughs> i i'm with you oh yeah. man yeah that, that's fantastic yes i, I would also <laughs> i would also rather get kicked in the nuts so um yeah i think we can uh we can move on we can move forward with yeah, the show let's from here. Move i feel, on, man. I feel let's, like we're, before, we're, on a, we're on a roll yeah before we jump on over to the waiver wire i want to tell you all about uh, a giveaway we're going to be doing. We're giving away a year's Hall of Fame package to one listener. That's our highest upgrade with all the goodies from unlimited My Playbook use, unlimited Draft Wizard, auction draft simulations, uh, custom auction values, keeper leagues, IDP league support, all the DFS tools for every sport you could want. It's going to carry someone over through the preseason and most of next fantasy football season. And if you want to crack at this giveaway, just subscribe and review us on iTunes. Take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. Okay, Tag. So moving over to waiver wire, I think we might actually have the same number one player this week for once. You don't have some weird pick, do you? <laughs> Who's your pick? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to feel like left in the dark here. I, I, I would, Okay. <laughs> I would assume that is Corey Coleman your number one? Corey Coleman is my number one. Yes, we have the same. Cool. All right, man. Well, tell us why you like Corey Coleman. Well, obviously, you know, it's it's nice to see a player, a wide receiver on the waiver wire who is only whatever it says, 26 percent owned. That's just nuts. Uh, obviously, he should have been added as someone who was seeing targets before the injury. He had saw uh, I want to say it was six and seven targets in the first two games that he played with Deshaun Kaiser. He's the only one that showed any sort of chemistry with him. And then 
11 targets this week against in by the way he totaled 80 yards against the Jags secondary that's something that's second best all season against yes, them yes there's only been two wide receivers all year who have totaled more than 70 yards against the Jags and one was Antonio Brown who saw 15 yep. targets and the other was Corey Coleman obviously he saw 11 targets that's a lot but it's also showing that Deshaun Kaiser trusts him he's the only wide receiver like worthy throwing to out there Kenny Britt looks like he's toast it looks like he's done with his career uh you know we were looking at some weird name Rashard Higgins like Ricardo Lewis we weren't going to trust these guys in fantasy but Corey Coleman is starting to give us reasons and the Browns are going to always be in a bad game script like that's something that's going to happen over and over so we should see him continue to get targets the interesting about Coleman though about him playing Jacksonville and doing that was that I went and looked at it and he played like almost all of his snaps in the perimeter, which means he was lining up against Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye yes. the entire game, which makes it that much more impressive. If he had in done it nasty in the sl- weather, by the way. Yeah. And if he had done it in the slot, it would have been like, OK, that's still good. But um, knowing that he did it on the perimeter is is pretty special. And he did it on quite a few catches. So uh, Corey Coleman, definitely the number one ad for me. Let me ask you this. Are you worried about going to Cincinnati next week? Then he gets Casey Hayward if he's healthy. Then he gets Baltimore in week 15 and Chicago in 16. Uh, I'm definitely worried about it. I mean, I'm worried about having Deshaun Kaiser as his quarterback. That's like my main concern. Uh, I I just Deshaun Kaiser has. I want to say I I was looking at it. I was started going through the primer today and uh, he has thrown. I think it's two touchdowns since week three. So knowing that like Corey Coleman is not a big wide receiver. He's not like somebody who's going to, he's going to, they're going to throw it up to him. He's going to snag it. Uh, He's someone that you're going to have to rely on for yards consistently. Like a touchdown is not going to bail him out of weeks. Like where like some of these other wide receivers like Des Bryant, he might catch a touchdown. That's going to bail him out. So, I mean, it's, I am worried about it for sure, but at the same time, what wide receiver on the waiver wire outside of Josh Doxson, who is still somehow only 28% owned, yeah. How like what other wide receiver are you going to find in the waiver wire who's going to see a consistent eight targets a game? The rest of the season, you're not going to find anybody else the rest of the season. So you spend all your fab on Corey Coleman because he's going to start for you every single week, even against Baltimore. That's his toughest matchup. He's still a starter. Like if we were doing a draft right now for the rest of the season, Corey Coleman would be a top 36 wide receiver, right? I would think that he'd be right there in that conversation. Yeah. Like I I was, like I said, going through the, the numbers this week, I said he's a wide receiver three. It's not a great matchup against Cincinnati, but at the same time, Adam Jones missed last week. You've seen them struggle a little bit. Like Demarius Thomas had a solid game. So again, the targets, when you see a wide receiver getting that many targets, he's almost top 36 by default. So yeah, this situation is dire and it's, I mean, you'd almost rather have Blake Bortles throwing him the ball than Deshaun Kaiser, who is basically completing fewer than 55% of his passes every single week. So, I mean, that's that's a concern. It's a concern that he's not a, a big wide receiver who can out muscle a cornerback and, and win jump ball scenarios. But um, yeah, he's definitely in that 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 wide receiver three conversation, maybe wide receiver four at worst. I've got him wide receiver number 28. So he's well within wide receiver three for me. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, obviously you like him. Um, the, the matchup against Jacksonville doesn't get much worse than that. And he was able to provide value. So I can't disagree with you. You know, as a wide receiver, I actually like Josh Doxson more. First of all, he's in a better situation. I think he's the more athletic. Um, but if you look at his schedule remaining, it is uh, it is really scary. And that, that was really the difference here. Like if either of them's on your waiver wire, I'd rather have uh, Corey Coleman and I'd spend all my fab on him. But if just Josh Doxson is there, I'd still spend all my fab on him. But I'd be really worried about Casey Hayward, Patrick Peterson, and uh, and then Denver in the fantasy football playoff weeks. 
Yeah, that was something I was going through with him, too. And it, it really stinks, too, because we're seeing him get those like when he's in one on one situations, Kirk Cousins throwing it up to him like he was doing it against Marshawn Lattimore. And the thing is, is there was a play later in that game. And if you didn't get to watch that game, I was able to watch it um, where Ken Crawley should have had an interception. Josh Doxson did what like literally they, they, they drafted him to do. He went over the top of Crawley and he almost made a circus touchdown grab over him. Like it would have been like, right. It would have been on that. You know, you got mossed. It would have been on that. Uh, yeah. He was, he did. He played well against Marshawn Lattimore. Who's been playing like a rookie of the year candidate. Um, the giants this week, Janoris Jenkins is not a great matchup. Obviously Janoris Jenkins has struggled a little bit as of late. You have Dallas after that good matchup, the chargers and Casey Hayward. Again, these are matchups with above average cornerbacks. The playoff schedule is rough. I, like I'm not going to pretend like week 15 and 16 against Arizona and Patrick Peterson, and then week 16 against uh, Akib Talib. It th- those are bad matchups. But up until then, I'm I feel comfortable using Josh Doxson because. Again, you have Chris Thompson out for the year. You have Rob Kelly out for the year. Samaj P. Ryan doesn't catch very many balls. Uh, Jamison Crowder is going to see a lot of targets, but all these targets have to go somewhere. This Washington defense is awful. They're allowing plenty of points. So Doxson's going to, he just keeps earning trust, keeps earning targets. And again, if there's a, a wide receiver on the waiver wire who is going to see eight targets per game, you definitely, definitely want to grab him. Let me ask you this, Tags, because a lot of people are saying, well, Josh Doxson's been so disappointing. Is it really disappointing? Like if A.J. Green put up 170 yards against Richard Sherman, Xavier Rhodes and Marshawn Lattimore, would you be disappointed in A.J. Green? I'd be pretty pumped up. (laughs) Yeah, you would know that he got through a tough portion of his schedule. Like think about it for a second. So Des Bryant, someone that we talked about before the beginning of the year about how how bad his schedule was. And that's why when people talk about strength of schedule and how it's not predictive, it is when it comes to wide receiver cornerback matchups. There's a lot of predictiveness to it. Now, granted, there's going to be players who emerge every single year. That's going to happen. You can't escape that. But did you know that Des Bryant has yet to top 92 yards receiving this entire season? Or 98 yards. He has not reached 100 yards this season. That's like the number I know. And it's like, it's crazy because he's seeing almost, I want to say he's on pace to see more targets than he ever has in his career. So like cornerback matchups do matter. And to see Josh Doxson showing somewhat of a solid floor in really tough matchups against those guys. Yeah, I I definitely feel confident. And that's why him, he's right below Corey Coleman in, in my waiver wire pickups. And honestly, both of them, I think, deserve consideration to grab the rest of your fab. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So we've got the same number one and number two. This has never happened before. (laughs) So it must be like the obvious number one and number two. I don't know. Who's your number three, though? I'm curious if we keep the streak going. It's Rod Smith. Is that yours or no? No, not for me. I I like Rod Smith. And I think I have Rod Smith number six. I think three through six is all very close together. It is. It's really close for me as well. Uh, Rod Smith, though, like, so here's the deal. There's a lot of people on Twitter giving me crap about my Alfred Morris take from last week because he looked good um, against the Eagles. And I'm not going to sit here and say that his 91 yards on 17 carries wasn't impressive, that he didn't play well. Here's my issue. And I never said that Alfred Morris is not good at football. I said at this point in his career, we know what he is. He's a one, two down back. He's not he's he's a very average running back at this point in his career. With that being said, he's decent on, on first and second down. What he isn't great at, he's not a great pass blocker, and he cannot catch passes. That allows defenses to use their resources elsewhere. It's limiting the Cowboys' offense. It's limiting what they're able to do. This this team has lost their identity. Is that That's really how I feel about the Cowboys' offense. Rod Smith is someone who's closer to that, I'd say, DeMarco Murray mold 
uh, than Alfred Morris's, where I don't think that Rod Smith can be compared to Ezekiel Elliott. But what what they used DeMarco for was like they did use him as a receiver. They gave him a lot of carries. I, I just think Rod Smith is more of that player where Alfred Morris, he just doesn't fit in today's NFL. That's that's kind of how I feel about it right now, and especially on a Dallas team that really can't seem to stop anyone on defense. Sean Lee is going to miss another week. They're going to allow a ton to the Chargers run game. So Rod Smith is just he's someone who has out snapped Alfred Morris the last two weeks. And if this defense continues to allow points, the Cowboys aren't going to have a choice but to go to Rod Smith a lot more often. Yeah, I, I was really surprised. You know, Alfred Morris had a decent game, but I was surprised yeah. that the Cowboys gave Smith even more snaps again this week. And I do think he's the better running back. Like whenever we have these slight disagreements, most I was playing devil's advocate last week about Alfred Morris because I think he's all right. I do think Rod Smith is the better running back. But whenever we have these little disagreements tags, like someone will like five people will tweet at me and be like, man, I'm on your team. Tags is an idiot. Or I know they tweet at you and it's because I see (laughs) these and it's like, man, that Bobby, he's an idiot. Like you guys realize tags and I are friends, right? Like we have disagreements, <laughs> but like we like each other. Like we, we respect each other and everything. No, for sure. And I just, I just give Bobby crap for his hot takes is all I do. That's my job. My job is to call Bobby out when he makes a bad call. And it's his job to call me out if I make a bad call. Cause it, it does happen guys. Like, yeah. believe it. I, like, that's the thing is like, I spend a lot of time, uh, you know, researching this and, and trying to put everything I have into it. And the last thing I want to do is give you bad advice. So, you know, the whole Alfred Morris thing, again, it just, this really comes down to the team, what they need, yeah. what, and again, 91 yards against the Eagles was impressive. He, he played well, but obviously you see the result for the team. It's not, the team is not working with Alfred Morris on first and second down. It's just not, it's not working. They, he offers nothing when he's on the field. It's essentially the defense can say, okay, we don't have to cover the running back because he's doing nothing in the passing game. He hasn't ever been an exceptional pass blocker. They need that right now uh, with Tyron Smith out. They need Tyron Smith back in the field. Like that's, I think that's the, the end really the bad. end game is that they need him back like now. Yeah. Hey, by the way, that's why we have all the other fantasy experts on too, because in case tags and I are completely full of it on someone like John yeah. Brown, at the beginning of the season, not, not that we really were. I mean, he was injured um, and that really stinks. But, you know, we have all these experts coming on to give you guys different perspective and everything. By the way, Brandon Marianne Lee killed it on her podcast. Do you remember when she said that Tyrod Taylor was going to score more points than Nathan Peterman this week? I do remember that. And I, amazing. Uh, oh, believe me, there's people on Twitter that let me know. They're like, wait, who's that girl on your podcast that said that? Um, and I, it was, it was pretty Time funny. Traveler. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it made my bold prediction look not so great because like, that's, that's something really tough to do. Um, and I want to say James Coe from NFL.com also made that he same did. exact prediction. Uh, so it kind of like went viral for through NFL.com. But so in regard, my my bold call was that the Rams would score sixteen or less points against the Vikings, and obviously they they only scored seven points. So Brilliant. that turned out to be good, but it it doesn't sound as good as like when you say that a guy on the bench is going to outscore the starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I don't remember what mine was, but that probably means they got it wrong. I don't know if anyone remembers. You can tweet at me if it's really embarrassing, though. Don't tweet at me. Just just forget about it. Did it involve Keelan Cole? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So my number three guy, we talked about him a ton the past two or three weeks is Josh Gordon. Uh, It's not that I think Josh Gordon is probably going to come back and be a dominator, but there's a chance that he is. And there's nobody else you can say that about uh, that's sitting there on your waiver wires. So I'd say there's maybe a 10, 15% chance 
He's a wide receiver one when he comes back. You're not going to find that anywhere else. I mean, usually we're sitting here and we've got these backup running backs. Like, I think there is one, one that could be a, a top 12 running back if he gets the job, but it's probably less than a 10 or 15% chance it's James Conner because Le'Veon Bell's getting over 90% of the snaps. Like the average starting running back in the NFL gets 70, 75, 65% of the snaps. Le'Veon Bell's getting 90%. Their only backup is James Conner. He's going to get 20 touches per game if Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, but it's white, like, what, a 5% chance? Yeah, right. I mean, that's one of those high upside bench stashes that you that you snag because if he were to go down, everybody's running to the waiver wire to get him. And the only way you're getting him is if you have the most money or if you have the highest waiver priority. So that's the type of player you want to have on your bench going into the fantasy playoffs. Um, Josh Gordon, yes. I mean, what's funny is that even doing the waiver wire rankings this week and going through them and putting them down, I almost didn't even realize that Josh Gordon is available to play next week. Wow. I didn't realize that either. It's getting close, man. It is like you like it's so weird that where we're at an NFL season. I just realized that we have two weeks left of regular season and then it's the fantasy playoffs. Like that's that's crazy to me. Um, now knowing that, like thinking about it in my head, I know that there's a few games where I need Julio Jones to score at least I want to say it's 12 PPR points tonight. Uh, and then I win my matchups. And those are important to me. Like those are my home leagues that I need to get. Like I can't look like the guy who just doesn't I don't know. I, I, I never finish outside of the playoffs and this week or this year. My team has gone through some severe injuries. I'm struggling. But Julio Jones, if you're listening before Monday Night Football, which you're not because this will come out after, <laughs> um, I need you to post a big one, buddy. You know, we also play each other in our uh, Fantasy Pros Insiders League tags. And uh, you conveniently didn't mention that you need 37 points from Julio Jones in that one to beat me. That's that's actually another one. I have Julio Jones and I think uh, I want to say four of my 13 leagues. I think I have them in four um, and three of them are well, two of them are really close. And then the one with you, I don't think that's happening that because uh, I think Julio <laughs> might be the only one I have left. Uh, but yeah, it's Dak Prescott was a big letdown this week. That's 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 where I have to leave that one. So I, I'd spend twenty five dollars on Josh Gordon. Like I know that if someone if no one picked him up by now, he's probably not going to be bid on. But if he's available in your league and you're not going to get Corey Coleman or Josh Jackson, I'd spend pretty high on Josh Gordon just because it could be big time for you. Yeah, behind Coleman and Doxson, he's not far behind. I mean, he's owned more than those guys are in most fantasy leagues. Uh, but again, I, I we talked we talk about it. You know, it was like talking about guys like David Johnson if he's on the waiver wire, Greg Olson if he's on the waiver wire, picking them up a week before or two weeks before their eligibility, uh, knowing that Josh Gordon is going to be available to play if they want him to next week. That's huge. Like that. It, it almost just like blew my mind thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. He's able to play in week 13 because we talked about it. If he if he plays like decent in week 13, do you trust him in the fantasy playoffs? So, yeah, I mean, we're at the point with Josh Gordon where it's like must pick up mode. So if he's still available, definitely pick him up. And I, I actually kind of agree with Bobby where I would I might spend the rest of my fab budget on him uh, just because it's very unlikely over the next couple of weeks. You find someone who presents the upside that he can, though I am still con- a little worried about the fact that Deshaun Kaiser is a quarterback. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you have to be. And that Corey Coleman's on the other side because he's going to take a bunch of targets. Um, before we get on to number four, I want to pause and tell you all about the sponsor of today's show, Lisa Mattress. Tags and I both sleep on Lisa Mattresses. And I mean, it really has changed my sleep in the way that I feel in the morning. It's to the point my parents are visiting next weekend. 
and I'm going to let them sleep on it just to show off how amazing of a mattress I have. And I'm probably going to feel like crap when I wake up, but it's going to be like I'm back at some fancy resort when I get my bed back. Seriously, whoever tries Lisa mattresses thinks that they're this comfortable. Everybody does. Lisa was the fastest growing e-realtor in 2015 because everyone found out how comfortable their mattresses were then told their friends and their family. And you can try it for yourself because they offer everyone 100 nights risk-free and with free shipping. We've got a promo code for you if you do. If you want to save $100 off your order, just go to lisa.com slash fantasypros. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash fantasypros for $100 off your Lisa mattress order. Yeah, I've had a few people actually reach out to me and tell me that they've used our promo code to get them loving the mattress. And honestly, like for someone like me who has back issues, like I had major back surgery uh, about six years back and um, going to this mattress, actually, I was worried it was going to be too soft, but it's actually perfect. It's not too firm where I wake up stiff in the morning, but it's it, like legitimately I wake up feeling better than I have in a long time, which is really saying something. So yeah, definitely go and check them out. So Tags, we mentioned James Conner and uh, Malcolm Brown and Charkandrick West are the other two backup running backs that I would advise people to pick up. We're past all the buys. You don't need depth. Like you don't need a Zay Jones just in case you need a sixth wide receiver <laughs> and you don't yeah. need like a third quarterback. I would say you don't even need a second quarterback. Like you get your quarterback and you're set, period. If you need to stream someone, do it. But there's no sense in having a backup quarterback, a backup tight end, unless it's like Greg Olson or something. So I say drop some of those depth pieces, pick up a James Conner for one buck, pick up a Malcolm Brown for one buck. He's a little banged up right now, but if Todd Gurley goes down, Malcolm Brown, I think, could be an RB1 most weeks. And then Charkandrick West, he's already getting 40% of the snaps for the Chiefs and Kareem Hunt's going backwards. So if Hunt does go down, West could be an RB1 a lot of weeks. Yeah, West is a really interesting one. He's like one of those top ones. He's he's right up in the conversation with James Conner as someone that definitely needs to be rostered in fantasy leagues. I want to go back to the wide receiver position, though. I think there's one wide receiver that we left out of the conversation that... Agree. And honestly, this is a player who you're not going to have to spend a lot to get him. But if you have to, and if you know that there's people in your league mates who are really sharp, you might have to. Uh, But that's Mike Williams. Uh, I want to bring this up because Mike Williams from the Chargers, he was drafted by them at number seven overall. Everybody talked about that pick when it happened. Nobody understood it. They felt like the Chargers were deep at wide receiver. However, there were some people, I can't remember who it was, but that were at the NFL Combine who said that the Chargers may not have been... um, a big fan of Tyrell Williams, which is why they made that pick. Maybe they were worried about Keenan Allen and the fact that he was coming off a, a, ma- a major injury. So Mike Mike Williams is a, a wide receiver they brought in to be a number one target. Like he was a big wide receiver. He was compared to Corey Davis, like in terms of who should be the number one wide receiver off the board. Uh, obviously, Corey Davis was, but Mike Williams can step in and be a number one. He's a big wide receiver. I want to say he's 6'3", a very tall guy. Now, he missed training camp. He missed the offseason programs because of a back injury. He's been working his way back. Here's his snap counts from the last five weeks. He played 11 snaps his first game, 14, 22, 27. And then this this last week, it jumped to 41 snaps. Yes. Tyrell, Tyrell Williams played 61 snaps, so he's still there, but you're seeing him creep up and Tyrell Williams hasn't done anything. He's seen, I want to say one target or uh, one target in like two of the last three games. Not only was it his highest snap count, Mike Williams, but it was his highest targets. He saw eight targets, which is more than Tyrell Williams has seen in any game this year. 
career high five receptions, career high 38 yards, and he would have had a touchdown. Had so I was watching that game as well. The, the ball was thrown into him in the end zone, so he had an end zone target, but it was right where the sun happened to be coming in the glare. Like they showed the camera <laughs> angle of where he was You're looking right. at the pass, and he couldn't see it. Um, so that would have that may have been a touchdown for him. So the everybody would be running to the waiver wire had he caught that touchdown. So this is a player I'm willing to spend on. I think you only have to spend maybe five free agent, uh, $5 in your budget and you should get him. But he's someone that legitimately, if they decide that he passes Tyrell Williams on the depth chart, he could be in for a massive, their schedule is pristine down the stretch. Mike Williams, make sure you add him. Yeah, he's my number four guy too. I love the schedule. I mean, let's look at this. They just passed Jacksonville and Buffalo. So the hard part's over. They got Dallas, number nine easiest. They've got Cleveland, really easy against the pass. Washington, I'll tell you what, Josh Norman's not going to be on him. Kansas City is the easiest in week 15. Mike Williams is going to be started in every single league in week 15. And then after that, week 16 against the Jets, which is another easy matchup. So I'm all over Mike Williams. Uh, I'm not willing to take a chance that somebody else beats me and spends five or six bucks. I'm going 12 just to make sure I get him. Yeah, I think you can do that for sure. And he's he's just one of those really sharp pickups where most leagues, he's still going to be sitting there. He, I mean, he's available in like 95% of leagues right now. Uh, but the sharp, like if you, again, if you play in a league with sharp people who pay attention to snap counts, that's something that you, you will need to spend a little bit extra to get Mike Williams. So are we ever going to disagree here? Like what's going on? Exactly? Here's my number five guy. Are you going to disagree with me? Austin Eckler. I'm still a big fan of Austin Eckler. He got in the end zone again. I think a lot of people are going to say, well, that's the uh, that's the top that Eckler's going to get to. But Melvin Gordon is dealing with that turf toe. And the Chargers, I guess they're still technically in the playoff race. But if they lose another game here, their season might be done. I would not be surprised at all if Melvin Gordon gets shut down after that. And I actually think Austin Eckler, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I think Austin Eckler is a better running back than Melvin Gordon. I'm not going to go there. Uh, now, I'm not I'm not a big Melvin Gordon fan. I'm not. I'm really not. Um, but at the same time, there's the, the reason that I feel better going forward with Melvin Gordon is that they just played in a, in a game where it was a blowout from start to finish. Like there, there was never a chance that Buffalo was going to win that game. Uh, once Peterman turned it over for the third time, uh, that was kind of like the end of the game, right? Melvin Gordon in a game that legitimately was a blowout. He got 20 carries. Now that's that's huge. That's a big number, especially like they could have decided that, you know, with this turf toe thing, with his knee thing that he was dealing with early in the season, we could just, you know, take it easy on him. Knowing that they kept him out there 20 carries, I am trusting him going forward. I think he's gotten over this whole turf toe thing, and that's why he was out there on the field. Eckler is more of like a handcuff. I think he's one of the better handcuffs in the league because he's obviously a guy that can come in and play uh, first, second, and third down. He's he's shown the ability as a receiver. He could be plugged in if you're in, if they're in a good matchup like they're going to be this week. Uh, if they're in a good matchup like that, then you could plug him in as like a, a flex. I, I'm not going to say he comes with a super high floor, but I think that we've we've seen his ceiling in a couple games. He obviously broke a long touchdown run in this one which helped salvage his fantasy day Melvin Gordon's the one a there for sure he's like the one you want but Eckler is is worth a pickup for sure I just don't I don't think that Melvin Gordon's injury is as prominent as it once was that's fair yeah that's that, that, that totally makes sense I've got Eckler just one spot ahead of Rod Smith because I think the Chargers have a better offensive line. I know that sounds crazy, but especially with Tyron Smith out, Dallas's offensive line has not been that great this year, and the Chargers has been great this year. And I think Eckler is going to get a little bit more work as well, and I think he has more upside if he takes over the lead role. 
Yeah, his snaps have been rising, so I'm not going to deny that. Like he 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 topped out. Uh, he played a season high 43% of the snaps in Week 11, so he did play a lot. Now, granted, the game again it was a blowout, so there was room for that. I'm 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 interested in this week. Like where if we see him in a game that is a little bit closer, that's when I want to see the snap counts and what they're at, what the touch totals are at. Yeah. Uh, this blowout win can make can, it can skew a lot of numbers, so I'm expecting him to be in that 30 to 35% of the snap range, whereas Melvin Gordon's obviously the bell cow. I've got Eckler and Rod Smith at six and five dollars a piece. Where where did you have Rod Smith? How much are you willing to spend on him? Rod Smith, he's the type of guy that you don't have to spend much on. It's it, this is more like a my personal feeling on it. This is has to do with like rational coaching and the fact that I'm expecting the Cowboys to change something up because what they've been doing hasn't been working. Uh, they've always been a one running back team like they they want a workhorse running back going back to DeMarco Murray going back before that um who was it they had Julius Jones then who was it right before DeMarco Murray why am I drawing a blank on this one I'm gonna look this up after the show because I'm really like I just I keep thinking about Joseph Randall I was so excited about Joseph Joseph Randall Randall was yeah Randall did play a role yeah that was definitely he was the guy he was was the guy before that good he was really good in a backup role like he almost had seven yards per carry and he just looked awesome and then he had I think it was a foot injury and just completely disappeared. Burned everyone who drafted him in the fourth round and was just, he just was nowhere to be found. Well, then he got, he got arrested for stealing stuff, wasn't it? Underwear, uh, so wasn't like, it? Yeah, it was. I thought it was, and I didn't want to say it. Maybe I, wasn't, just I, I, I don't know. I think he was an underwear model. So maybe he didn't steal no. underwear. I don't know. It, no. Something with underwear happened. It's clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it went, it, it, but either way, that's what I'm saying is basically Rod Smith. I mean, the people that picked him up might be dropping him because he didn't really produce last week. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to take into consideration. But knowing the snap counts, they're playing on Thanksgiving. So this is one of those games where everyone is going to see. So if, if Rod Smith has a game and you're, you leave him on the waiver wire this week, like let's say he has a solid week where he posts, you know, 12 fantasy points. Everyone is going to pick him up because everyone is seeing this game. Not everyone looks at snap counts. So um, I, I, I feel like five bucks would get it done with Rod Smith if you haven't yeah. picked him up already. I wouldn't drop him just yet. Like like, And I know that there's some people out there who picked him up on, on my recommendation last week. So don't drop him just yet. I, I feel like the upside's still there. You wouldn't. Be, I don't want. I don't want you dropping him for someone like. I don't know. I, I wouldn't drop him for Eckler. I wouldn't drop him for Chris Ivory or TJ Yeldon or anybody in that conversation. I mean, who um, would you drop him for? Like all these guys were also available last week and none of them have really got that much better besides Corey Coleman. Correct. And Mike Williams. Yeah, right. Well, Mike Williams. But that's the thing is like Devante Booker. That's this is one a player I wanted to mention because uh, the Broncos fired their offensive coordinator today. We don't know what to expect going forward. I would assume that it means C.J. Anderson is probably going to return to more of a workhorse role because that's when the Broncos were having success. Like, I don't know what the Broncos <laughs> were thinking this year. They're, <laughs> it, it's a team that it, it's kind of like the Bills and the fact that you just question what they do and you're like, OK, well, I mean, I guess that there's a, there's a reason that they're an NFL franchise and he's a head coach and I'm not. Uh, but I'm really having I'm struggling fi- trying to find a reason for what he's doing. And, you know, splitting this into a timeshare makes zero sense. CJ Anderson has played well when they've given him the carries. Um, but Devontae Booker's interesting because this is a franchise who obviously drafted him relatively high. CJ Anderson, I mean, he's been injury prone. This the season seems to be lost for the Broncos. I don't know, man. Like the Devontae Booker, how do you feel about him going forward? He's number nine on my list. Like uh I like him a little bit more than Marquise Goodwin and Dontrell Inman. You know, guys who are gonna get a handful plus of targets every single game, but you don't really want to start them any game, but you could get away with flexing them in a, in a decent matchup. Uh, I think Booker, you add him this week for two, three bucks because there's a chance with the regime change here 
that Devontae Booker somehow finds his way into 15 touches. And if he does, I think he's fairly talented. Their offensive line's not great. They've got a horrible quarterback, so they're not going to score a bunch of points. But you give a, a guy like Booker 15 touches, and he's startable every week. So, I mean, there's probably like, what, a 20% chance that happens? Probably even less than that, frankly. But um, he's one of the guys available, one of the, you know, 10 guys available that I think could be startable every week if things go his way. Yeah. No, one player that, I mean, you mentioned him, Dontrell Inman, and I, you know, Brandon and I talked about him last week as someone who could potentially see a lot of targets going forward. And it's something that people have kind of overlooked in the fact that Trubisky is starting to throw the ball a little bit more. They're starting to trust him with the ball. Uh, He's thrown at least 30 times in each of the last three games. Uh, You know, like, it's not like he's slinging the ball around the field, like they're asking him to do a whole lot. The Bears offensive line hasn't been blocking great, uh, not pass blocking anyways. With trusting him going to drop back 30 times, those targets have to go somewhere. They're not playing Tariq Cohen for whatever reason. I know he played, he made some plays this week and you just wonder why isn't this kid on the field? Ask John Fox because there's one ball. Um, So, I mean, I do like, I like Inman because he's someone that I can envision going forward as someone who's going to see six to eight targets per game. And again, on the waiver wire, that's that's really hard to find this time in the season. Like the other wide receivers we're talking about outside those ones we've already discussed are like Mike Wallace. I mean, we know who Mike Wallace is. He's just it's a very boring offense. They don't score very many points. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, uh, a big play waiting to happen. Sure. Would you ever start Mike Wallace? I can't see any scenario where I would start Mike Wallace in fantasy football. That That's the thing. If you were going to start Mike Wallace, it probably would have been against Green Bay. And they just played them, obviously. So. Yeah, I don't I don't ever feel I don't ever feel great playing Mike Wallace. I think there's been two games where he's posted solid fantasy days and one was against Oakland and the other one was against Green Bay. So two teams that you really I mean, I'd rather start Roger Lewis if I had to or Bruce Ellington if Will Fuller's out again. I mean, it's ugly. But that's how ugly having Mike Wallace on your fantasy team is. I guess it just depends on the matchup, right? Like it, like if you're playing against like Tennessee or Green Bay or Oakland or, you know, Cleveland, like some of those teams, like that's when you look at Mike Wallace over um, those guys. But yeah, Wallace is someone that I don't want. He's that boring veteran. Like you you were talking about it. It's like you don't want those boring people that are like, you know, Eric Decker, Mike Wallace. They, they all fit in that conversation where they're players that are sitting there on your bench and they're going to do you no good. Nothing is going to change about their situation that's going to bump them into must-start status. The players you want are are one injury away from must-start status. Yeah. Mike Williams, if, if something happened to Keenan Allen, Mike Wal- Mike Williams is going to walk into a bunch of targets. Like, he's a must-play. Dontrell Inman, I'm not saying he's a must-play, but Josh Gordon, Josh Doxson, Corey Coleman, these guys are all seeing a lot of targets, a lot of wide receivers. If there's one wide receiver, if there's one injury, people don't walk into a major role. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't happen all that often. And Mike Wallace, it's the same thing. It's not like if something happened to Jeremy Macklin, Mike Wallace is not all of a sudden going to see 8 to 10 targets a game. There's two other guys in this category that we haven't mentioned yet, and maybe you don't agree, but... Kenny Galladay, if anything happened to Golden Tate or Marvin Jones Jr., uh, I think Kenny Galladay would jump into a big role. I mean, he's already got a decent role. He's been playing well every time he's been healthy. For sure. Yeah, Kenny Galladay is definitely one. And TJ Jones, I I know some people are seeing TJ Jones uh, playing a lot of snaps, but I've watched enough TJ Jones to know who he is, and he's not it. Uh, He's not Kenny Galladay. Well, Galladay did have a a bad drop late in the game in the fourth quarter against the Bears, uh, so I don't know if that loses some confidence throwing him the ball. Like It it was a ball right hit him right where it was supposed to, and he dropped it. Yeah. But, I mean, he is, I, I agree with you, where if something happens to Marvin Jones, Matthew Stafford has always had 
his guy in quotes, the, the guy that if he's in trouble, the guy that's in one on one coverage, he's going to throw it up to he's going to let him try and win a one on one battle. He's shown the he's shown the confidence to let Galladay do that already. Yeah. Uh, we saw it a little bit in the preseason. We've seen it uh, in week one. I know he hasn't done much since that time, but at the same time, again, he is a player who is one injury away from uh, some major fantasy relevance. And the other one for me is Didi Westbrook, and he's the reason I have Mitch Trubisky as my uh, my Twitter profile picture. Because he was stopping Keelan Cole from having the good game that he should have had. But D.D. Westbrook got a bunch of targets in his first game, just like everyone was saying was going to happen. And it didn't go great, but it was nasty weather conditions. I think Westbrook's a player, man. And if Marquise Lee goes down, Westbrook's the number one in this offense. Yeah, I like Westbrook. I like the talent. I just worry about the volume of the offense. Like, right, like that's going to be some it's going to. It's going to be very shaky production. I think that there's going to be some big weeks. I think there's going to be some weeks like we had against the Browns where he, you know, catches three passes for 35 yards. But I do think the potential is there. Like he's the type of guy, like if you're staring at Mike Wallace or D.D. Westbrook to stick in your lineup, uh, I think you'd prefer the upside of Westbrook. For sure. He's a guy that we've seen him get separation. We've seen him break off the top of a defense and it's possible. And again, if the weather conditions are better because in Cleveland, there were 20 mile an hour winds there. I mean, it was really, really cold. So it, it wasn't ideal for someone like him. So I, I think Westbrook is still someone on the radar. I'd, pr- I'd probably rather have Galladay. Uh, than him, Me too. just because I think it'd be a more predictive offense that he'd walk into. He has uh Didi Westbrook has the number one easiest ske- uh, strength of schedule remaining. He goes to Arizona. And if he's not going to be the one covered by Patrick Peterson, I don't think he's going to be. But then Arizona is no, a really good matchup. Indianapolis, another really good matchup. Um, Seattle without Richard Sherman, they're missing a couple pieces uh, there. Uh, then yeah. they go to Houston. Actually, they get Houston at home and then San Francisco. So that's as easy as it can possibly get. I mean, the Jags, if they lose two more games, I'd be surprised with this schedule. Mm-hmm. I actually agree with you. That's that, that that remaining schedule is fantastic, especially for someone who's not a clear cut number one receiver, because you, as you mentioned, Patrick Peterson isn't going to shadow D.D. Westbrook. That's that's not going to happen. I'm so mad that Justin Bethel got benched earlier in the year. That was like a <laughs> matchup that every single week we just targeted the wide receiver who was going at Justin Bethel. But Tremont Williams has played better in his uh, spot. But still, um, I do think Westbrook is definitely in the conversation where it's like if you're in a 12 team league and you have, I don't know, six to eight man benches, Westbrook is definitely worth a spot. You know, there's really no one else in my radar that I'd spend any fab on. I mean, I guess if you have to pick up a quarterback, watch the news on uh, Tyrod Taylor. Like if he's going to start, he's the best guy out there, right? Or Case Keenum. Tyrod Taylor is definitely the one that I would prefer. Me too. Um, they're going to be they're going to be playing at Kansas City this week, which is a really tough spot to play uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. A lot of quarterbacks have struggled. Teams in general have struggled at Kansas City. With them coming off a brutal loss to the Giants, I'm sure that team's going to show up to play. Uh, but yeah, Tyrod. That's the the issue. Here's the issue with Tyrod, right? Like. I wrote the primer last week before he was actually benched, and I I put in there, I said, playing Tyrod going forward comes with a level of risk, knowing that Sean McDermott might decide to go with Nathan Peterman at some point. And the news came out before I actually published it, but I left what I said about Tyrod in there because I felt it was important if they ever... You know, if something like this happened with Peterman, where he plays so bad that they're forced to go back to Tyrod, that there's always this level of risk when playing Tyrod. So I think that the only way that you really want to play him is if we know 
there is no chance that Peterman plays. And right now, it doesn't sound like that's the case because at the first sign of a struggle for Tyrod, they're going to bench him. And that legitimately can ruin your fantasy season. So I just think that I would rather look other places for a streaming okay. quarterback. I mean, would you rather have Tyrod Taylor or Blake Bortles? Because they have the two easiest schedules remaining, okay? Tyrod, we, we just talked about what Jacksonville has remaining. Mm-hmm. Tyrod has Kansas City, New England, Indianapolis, Miami, New England again. I mean, that is super easy. And we're talking about someone who's always been a QB1. So if he's going to start and you can get him, I think you have to do it. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably play him over Bortles the majority of the time for sure. Um, like Bortles, like I'll, I'll trust him in a good matchup and good weather. But we're getting to the point in the year where if there's bad weather, they're going to run the ball a ton. Obviously, Leonard Fournette was fine. Um, <laughs> you know that whole thing carries. about his, Yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's okay um, playing in the cold, all that fun stuff. So, I mean, I'm the type where if like I don't have one of those top five quarterbacks, I'm going to stream quarterbacks. And if you have to, I've done this in a couple leagues this year and it's really worked out. Like someone dropped Mariota and I, I've been going back and forth between Mariota and, and Dalton. Rather than dropping them on the waiver wire, I was just kind of playing the matchups. And um, Marcus Mariota is a player... Um, if somebody dropped him, snag him now. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel like he's like one of those players that you know, he's not going to be in this conversation that we're having because we we tend to talk about players who are like under 30% owned. Uh, but Mariota has hit the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. A lot of people saw him struggle on Thursday night football. But keep in mind, his fantasy performances have still been good. Um, he plays the Colts this week. Like this is this is a week where Mar- Mariota is going to bounce back. Plus, you've always got guys like Blaine Gabbert and uh, and Case Keenum who had really good weeks last week that you can pick up. And, you know, we, we said Blaine Gabbert was a decent pickup. We've got some guys like that this week, too. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's what I'm saying. Like Matt Moore, it seems like Jay Cutler, he's in the concussion protocol. And um, they might look for a reason to hold him back, to be honest with you, um, the way that he looked in the first half. But the Dolphins are playing at the Patriots. You know that there's going to be a ton of garbage time there. Matt Moore has played really well in his spots. And there's a lot of people wondering why the why the Dolphins went out and signed Jay Cutler. I mean, there's a reason that Matt Moore has been a career backup because I think that there's a limited ceiling there and you don't like they needed someone with a bigger ceiling. Granted, Cutler is who he is and why they brought him out of retirement to think that he was going to lead them to a Super Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> um, he was their only chance. I mean, it was it wasn't a bad call. It just hasn't worked out. Right. And that's the thing is, I mean. I was a Jay Cutler, like I was I was hoping for him for his entire career to turn into the quarterback that we all knew that he he potentially could be because all of his tools, his arm strength, his vision, like everything was good about Cutler. It just never came together for him. Uh, but at this point in his career, Jay Cutler is who he is. Like there is no there's it's not all of a sudden he's going to have like uh, an awakening where he just becomes like a QB one every single week. That's just not going to happen. So Matt Moore at New England. Yeah, there's a few quarterbacks, obviously, this week that are going to have potentially good streaming streaming matchups that we'll talk about on uh, tomorrow's show. I guess we got to talk tight ends, too, and it's ugly. I mean, you've got O.J. Howard, who seems to be passing up Cameron Bright here. I don't want to pick him up, but if you need someone, I think he's the best option. Otherwise, you've got Adam Shaheen, who I liked him a lot in Dynasty Leagues. I think he's got quite a bit of potential, but this Bears offense is not great. And uh, I'm just not so sure about rookie tight ends. Yeah, I'm never sure about rookie tight ends. Like OJ Howard has scored four touchdowns in the season and he's like, he's been a big play waiting to happen. Like we've kind of known that about him. Like in in the, th- in the three games that he's scored touchdowns, he's totally he's 52 yards. He scored a touchdown. But in all the other games, 17 yards or less. Like yeah. he, he's, he's very you, you can, unreliable. You are not going to pick him up. You do not want to play him unless something happens to Cameron Brait. And then of course, OJ Howard becomes a thing. But at the same time, Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't targeted his tight ends very much uh, over the last two weeks. I don't think that that's going to change. It seems like it's a systematic thing with him. Adam Shaheen, 
I mean, the dude was called Mini Gronk or whatever they wanted to call him coming from the D2 school. Um, we didn't get to see too much of him, like uh, from his college time, like there was not much game tape that we could watch on Adam Shaheen. So, but knowing that the Bears drafted in the second round, you knew that they, they, they figured he was going to be a big part of their offense. He was kind of forced in with Zach Miller going down. I think it's a matchup play. I think he's a streamer. Tight ends, it's very rare you'll see me recommend a tight end to pick up off the waiver wire because every week you could just stream tight ends. Yeah. Like, like Tyler, Tyler Croft, I streamed. Uh, it was so funny. I, I streamed Mercedes Lewis in a league last week <laughs> that he wasn't owned, and he scored a touchdown. And it was just like, okay, I'm going to drop him this week. It's not like I think something's coming of it. I'm playing the matchups, yeah. and Garrett I, I kind of do that the with week tight before, ends. There's always guys out there. Always Tyler Croft. He was uh, someone that I played in some DFS this past week. He scored a touchdown. Um, so Tyler Croft, if he's available out there for whatever reason, he's someone that I would grab. He's got a, a great matchup this week. They're playing against the Browns. The last time that they played the Browns, he uh, he had 68 yards and two touchdowns. Yep. There you go. Tags, let's talk about some of these guys who are owned in more than 50% of leagues, and they're still out there in a lot of leagues. Corey Davis is out there in 50% of leagues. You'd spend your whole budget, right? I would. And that's the thing is like, I might sound dumb after so long of Corey Davis and like waiting for this to happen. But I mean, like being realistic about it, I I thought he could overcome some tough matchups, but against the Ravens, the Bengals and the Steelers, those have been the matchups that he's walked back into Uh, the next two weeks. If he doesn't go off the next two weeks, I'm, I, I will personally come on the show and apologize to you guys. He is playing the Colts and then he's playing the Texans the next two weeks. I am willing to put my to put my my apology on the line for you guys um, in saying that Corey Davis is definitely someone that should be in lineups the next two weeks. You should trust him. Yeah. Excellent DFS play this week with Mariota and Corey Davis are going to be a popular combination for me in DFS this week. I am 100 percent with you. I'm also willing to put your apology on the line. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, Bobby. (laughs) Um, You know, there's a few other guys out there as well. Aaron Rodgers, do you think he's coming back? And if he is... No. No, you don't think so? You want to even spend one fab buck on him just to put him on your lineup and in your roster instead of, you know, that sixth wide receiver? Well, I mean, if you have an IR spot, I I would, but... Even without it, I'd do it. It's only going to cost you a buck. Nobody else is going to do it, Um, but he's available in 46% of leagues. And if he's there, uh, put in a dollar or two to go get him. I guess it's not the worst idea. Um, Brett Hundley's so bad. So bad. Yeah, he's very, very bad. I mean, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. And that's what it comes down to is Hundley's going to need to win another game or probably two to get Aaron Rodgers to come back. And even then, we don't know if he will come back, but there's a chance. And if you've got a chance to get the best quarterback in football for the fantasy football playoffs, I say you do it for a buck. Yeah, I mean, it's questionable. That's, that's the thing is like that. He falls in that David Johnson category. Like if David Johnson's available, would I grab him? Yes, I would. Um, at yeah. the chance that he plays. So I, I 38% you're, are, of leagues. It makes sense. But the thing is, I'm worried about the Packers falling out of contention and not even being in the playoff race. And if they're not in the playoff race, he's definitely not coming back. It's probable. I'm saying there's a 10% chance that Aaron Rodgers plays this year, uh-huh. but $1 for 10% chance at the best quarterback in football. It's, it's a gimme, man. Yeah. No, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not a bad idea. Like if you if there's nobody on your waiver wire that you could feel like you feel like has the upside, like some of the players we've talked about for high upside stashes. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. Yeah. Some other guys, Austin Safarian Jenkins, because of the buy, he's available in 42 percent of leagues. He's easily the best tight end if he's there. Unless Jordan Reed, who's available in 33 percent of the leagues. I know he's out right now, but he's probably coming back. And I mean, Jordan Reed, when he plays, is awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is the Redskins are running out of targets here. Like they have to throw to somebody. And um, that's why this week is just like it's this could be a massive game for Vernon Davis. So if Jordan Reed doesn't come back this week, which their game is on Thanksgiving, by the way, 
Um, Vernon Davis might just be the number one tight end. They're playing against the Giants. So the Giants, who have allowed a tight end touchdown in every game but one, which was Travis Kelsey, um, but he did have 109 yards and eight catches, so it's not like it was a, it was a complete and utter waste. But it, yeah, if Jordan Reed comes back this week or... You know, if, if he doesn't, you can handcuff him with Vernon Davis. That's like a weird tight end handcuff situation where you just play the tight end <laughs> who's playing. And honestly, this week, even if Jordan Reed plays, I can make the case to play both of them. Yeah, yeah, you definitely could. Uh, just a few other guys I want to touch on here that are available in a lot of leagues. Latavius Murray, for whatever reason, is still out there in 39% of leagues. If he's in your league, go get him, whatever it takes. He's just getting so many touches. Uh, Will Fuller's coming back soon, and I know Tom Savage is not very good, but Will Fuller's good enough, man, that he's got to be owned. Yeah, if Latavius Murray's available, it's it's like I have no idea why he'd still be available. This this was a timeshare like five weeks ago. Like it, it was it was closer to a, a middle of the road timeshare than people thought it was. But knowing, so I've had a few people ask me since the Sunday game who is worth owning more going forward, Jarek McKinnon or Latavius Murray? And at first I was like, oh, it's it's obviously Jarek McKinnon. And I still believe it's McKinnon to an extent because I think that he offers more consistency. I think he's a more well-rounded player. But at the same time, you ha- I actually went back to think about it. And Latavius Murray is, is closer than I thought because he, what he does is he offers a stability at a, a very unstable position, right? Like, cause the Vikings defense is really good. Like we know that the Vikings defense is going to keep the game competitive a lot of times. So you're never yeah. going to see Latavius Murray fall out of a, a game because of game script. With that being said, if the Vikings fall behind just a little bit, Jarek McKinnon is obviously the preferred option. He's going to be involved even if they're in the lead. So I do prefer McKinnon, but that's what I'm saying. If Jarek McKinnon was out there, would you grab him? Of course you would. Latavius Murray is just a just a smidge below him. I can't believe he's available in 40% of leagues. That's just nuts. Crazy. Tags, let's go on to a lightning segment of drop or keep. So I'm just going to name a player. You say drop or keep. All right. Frank Gore. Drop. Drop. Yeah, I'm with you. Hunter Henry. Keep. I'm, I'm keep as well. Okay. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. He's actually on my drop list. He's on your drop list? Want no part of a Eagles running back. And if you have JHI, uh, I feel bad for you. Okay. Like this is, it's just, yeah. it's, it's kind of what we all thought in the fact that you don't want to trust any of them and they're, they're going to have games here and there, but nope. I mean, he did get 13 carries. Like, I know he did. 13 carries behind that offensive line. I, I'm still keeping him. He did start the game and he got uh, the first out of the first 15 touches. He got 75% of them. So I think he is the starter there for the Eagles. I'd keep him. Well, I will say it does depend on who you're dropping him for. Like that's that that like it always yeah. hinges on that, right? Like if you're dropping him for for Zay Jones, no, don't do that. If you're dropping him for <laughs> for Bruce Ellington or like Corey Clement or TJ Yeldon, don't do that. No, I'm, I mean, I drop him for guys like Rod Smith, uh, maybe Eckler. I don't think I'd drop him for either of those guys, but it's pretty close. I think we're in the same range here, Tags. Uh, what about Muhammad Sanu? Uh, he's a keep. He's a keep. Yeah, he's on the, on the fringe for me. Like I'd rather mm. have Josh Doxson than Sanu. What about Nelson Aguilar? Drop him. Yep. Yeah. I'm never starting Nelson Aguilar. Paul Richardson. Oh, that's a keep for sure. Keep. Keep for me. Yeah. Okay. Jamal Williams. He's a keep just because time like Aaron Jones now got arrested apparently. Um, yeah. Or something with pot. Um, Ty Montgomery, the broken ribs. He came back too soon before. It, I mean, maybe they keep him out another week or two. This was a really bad matchup. And we talked about that with Jamal Williams. And someone told me that like you owe Bobby an apology because you said Jamal Williams is a bad player. I'm like, wait a minute. 
I'm the one who stood up for Jamal Williams this offseason. Like, you were an Aaron Jones fan. When I was hyping Aaron Jones, you were all over Jamal Williams. And me and Jake Seeley were laughing at you, man. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. is like, Jamal Williams, (laughs) I've always liked Jamal Williams. And so that's why it was like, that comment came out of left field. I like Jamal Williams, the player. I think he's fine. I think he has an awesome work ethic. Um, But the matchup against Baltimore was just really bad. Yeah. Uh, But going forward, I I still, I, I actually prefer him now going forward than I did last week. And the reason I was talking about Jamal Williams being so good was for DFS cash games. And it was not a good DFS cash game play. So <laughs> um, I, I support tags on that one. I'm glad he talked me out of it. It did not work out. Uh, Rex Burkhead tags. That's that's definitely a keep. OK, yeah, keep for me as well. Buck Allen is a drop. Drop 100 <laughs> percent. Randall Cobb <laughs> is a drop. Yeah, he's a drop too. Uh, Andy Dalton, if he's your backup quarterback, drop him. If he's your starter, I guess drop him if you have a better streamer. I do not want him for every single week. The rest well, of the hold year. on. Andy Dalton, keep him for this week and drop him right immediately after because he's going to play the okay. Browns this week. So he's actually a QB1 this week against the Browns. But yeah. immediately after the game, just drop him because you're never going to play him in another game this season. Yep. I like that. Uh, Cooper Cup. <sighs> It's he's like that borderline depends on who you're dropping him for. I'm okay with it if you want to, um, but I don't. I mean, in a PPR league, he's a keep. In a standard league, I'm okay dropping him. I drop him in most situations. I think uh, Eli Manning drop drop Danny Amendola. He's hurt now. I'm dropping him. Is is he like out for a while? I mean, I I know he scored a touchdown, but I, did he get hurt? Did he? I, I actually turned that oh, game you know off. What? And... No, it wasn't. He was not hurt. I'm sorry. He had uh, dehydration. He didn't, didn't drink enough okay. water. I was going to say, I turned that game off in the fourth quarter. I was tired of watching Derek Carr and the Raiders offense like blow it. Um, that yeah, was right, like, right after uh, you told Brandon that there was no chance that he was going to blow it, right? Yeah, it was frustrating. <laughs> that that game was so frustrating to watch. Like, they're uh, it's so bad. Um, but I, yeah. I guess I'd be fine with keeping Amendola, but I don't really see a scenario where I would start him. I'd rather have uh, Josh Doxson. I'd rather have yeah. D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Doxon, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, with Chris Hogan coming back, it's obviously going to... I think Chris Hogan's supposed to be back next week. So uh, yeah. if he does, in fact, come back, then that's going to lower Amendola's ceiling. Gronk is overdue for a big game. Uh, yeah, so Amendola, he's just... He's a fringe player. Let's get three more here, okay? Kenyon Drake. Keep. Keep him? Yeah, I'm mad about the performance this past... I, I have no idea what Adam Gase is doing, why Damian Williams is carrying the ball more than him. Drake is the better running back, especially on first and second down to use Damian Williams on third down. I don't know what I don't know what Gase is doing there because Drake has run the ball fantastic. So I'm going to use this as a one game pass uh, for Gase being an idiot. I don't know why I acted surprised when you said keep him because I think I think I'd keep him, too. But yeah. um, I just I couldn't really make up my mind, but I'd probably keep him. Yeah. Uh, what about Matt Forte? He's actually on my drop list because he's you on know, your drop list. OK, I'd keep him. No, I, I, I wanted to say keep. But at the same time. Uh, before missing the week 10 game before they're by he's he's a 30 he's about to be 32 years old at the beginning of December he's on a running he's a running back on a team that's not going to make the playoffs like this is literally his health we're talking about there's really no reason for him to get back hurry back on the field to play for a Jets team that's going nowhere so I, I he said that he had swelling in his knee and that he he kept on trying to play through it and it just what it was getting worse so I don't I don't know if a week and a half of swelling in your knee makes your knee any worse I don't think any better I I don't think it does. So I, I, I think this team's pre- preparing to go forward with Bilal Powell and Elijah McGuire. I guess so. And, and then even then, if Forte comes back and he's splitting carries, what is he like a fringe flex play? Exactly. He's like an RB4. So that's that's why he's a drop for me. And one player I want to I want to ask you about, Bobby, and this is going to sound really dumb to a lot of people out there. But the reason I'm going to explain the reason I'm asking it is that Isaiah Crowell, like he's someone that you feel 
the need to play because he's getting all these touches because he's getting all these carries, but he's someone who continually ruins your fantasy day. He, he, he crushes it. Like, I want to say there's been two games this entire year. Now, granted, they were over the last uh, four weeks, I think he had two of those performances. But legitimately, you never feel good putting him in your lineup. And he almost drags you down because you feel like you have to play him over guys that might be like an upside play. Like like Orleans Darkwell, there were probably a lot of people playing Crowell over Orleans Darkwell just because they felt they needed to because they spent a third or fourth round pick on Crowell, even though that doesn't matter anymore. Do you? I don't know. I mean, I probably Jonathan Stewart. Let's just say that. Well, I think they're in the same category. Yeah, but. they're in the same category. But that's what I'm saying is like I'd rather have Stewart by a little bit. But it's ugly for both of them. I, I could see you dropping Crowell for one of our top waiver wire guys, but I'd say probably no. Uh, the last guy I want to ask you about tags is Kenny Stills. He's an add or a keep. Um, he's played ever every time he plays with Matt Moore, he plays extremely well. And if Moore plays well, they may just decide to go forward with him, to be honest. Like, honestly, this is a Dolphins team that is they're going nowhere in a hurry. They need change. They need to find out what they're doing. Yeah, Stills has played well with Matt Moore. So I, I say hold me to hold for Kenny Stills last five weeks, nine targets, 10 targets, four targets, eight and eight for 180 yards and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. I think Kenny Stills is actually a pickup this week. Yeah, he can be considered a pickup if he's not owned already. Yeah, and they um, they have a good matchup against New England. So, yeah. All right, Tags. Well, that's all for today's show, man. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. This time flies. And I want to say thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Lisa Mattress. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros for $100 off your Lisa Mattress purchase. And also remember to go over to iTunes, subscribe and review us if you want a shot at the Hall of Fame upgrade giveaway. We're going to be giving one away. Just send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. That's your screenshot. For Mike Dagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.